right, here we go, Black and Blonde, Time Machine 3. In this time machine, I'm black. And I am blonde. And we're here with a Time Machine episode on the Weekend of Labors. Yeah, for sure. I love these episodes. I do too, and it, I don't know, this one felt like it came up quick to me for some reason. Does it? Did those 15, the last 15 <laughs> episodes just flew right just past flew you? flew right on by. One of the teachers, teachers were back this week, and one of them uh, said, the days are long, but the years are short, um, oh. referring to the kids growing up and that stuff. Seems wise. And I thought that was very wise. I feel that a little bit. Long yeah. days and uh, years that seem to fly by. Long episodes, but um, downloads that seem to fly by or something like that. But we're 45 episodes in, Natasha. Okay, can we just pause on that for a minute? It's a little bit crazy that we have done 45 episodes of this pod. With listeners. Yeah, people have listened. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we could probably do, you know, 4,000. Well, don't you think we do these episodes just in our daily life? I mean, that is what we do, yes. That's kind of crazy, though. The little pod that could is really chugging along. It is chugging along. And for those of you that aren't, uh, that aren't maybe as familiar with Time Machine episodes, every 15 episodes, we just stop and do one of the things that you and I love to do so much, which is look back and reflect. Which is um, what? I'm Get not saying the old it. reflecting pond. Mm-hmm. So we look back and we reflect on episodes and, um, which I think is good. It causes mm-hmm. us to slow down. And so here we are at that one. Before we get into the um, regular structure of reflection and then into the content, what's been going on this week? Big news. What's that? There's going to be a battle royale. Yikes. Yeah, fangirl. The original, the OG fangirl has some competition. Say more. From fangirl1018. Wow. That sounds serious. It is serious. No, in all reality, we received a pretty awesome email um, this week from someone who was coining themselves another fangirl. And I don't know, I I was just like, I don't, it's just good to hear. It's good to hear from people that are listening and maybe the impact or what they're thinking about. And the email was just awesome. I'm not going to get into the deets. Um, but I do think that fangirl, the OG, might want to watch out. I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, if you are either coined fangirl or identifying as fangirl, then you better be carrying the load. I mean, I will go right to a one of the past 15 episodes of fear, Sphere of Influence. Ooh. And if you're fangirl, you're, you better be influenced in your sphere. Or, I mean, there's danger of that title being removed. Oh, we remove fangirl titles. Well, I mean, maybe we just stop talking about it if we don't think it's being, you know, it's serious, Natasha. You know, I, what I will say about that is I believe just so much in the power of intentionality. And so what I truly believe is a lot of really loyal listeners are fan people, right? I think they're doing what they need to do and they're listening every week and they're not, we don't need everybody to slow down and send an email. Oh, but they not, can. But, but they <laughs> can at blackbondpod at gmail.com. I don't need that. But I, I think the people that do, I just really appreciate, um, you know, that intentionality of saying, look, this has impacted me in such a positive way. And I want to tell you why. And I want to thank you. And, you know, I think we talk about this a lot. We put these headphones on and yes, we see downloads, but we really don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is do people, we don't know. I don't know. Do they listen because maybe they have personal relationships with you or me? Or the old pity listen. A pity listen, a family listen, an mm-hmm. obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, so to really just hear people own the the learning and um, 
you know, internalize and then share it with others in their sphere, which is what I read in this um, email as well, just about, you know, wanting this person wanting to share back with us because she was probably tired of talking about it to um, the people in her daily sphere. But I loved everything about it as well. So thank you to fangirl1018. And I think it's fair to say we just we have room for a lot of fans. We do. We'll mm-hmm. take we'll take a lot of fangirls, fanboys, fan days. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of downloads, yeah, buddy, big milestone. I mean, six thousand, six thousand downloads, six thousand times someone has listened to Black Bond Pod. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know, I know it didn't seem that long ago. It was less than a month that we talked about five thousand five hundred downloads. Oh. Uh, so I think it was around August 8th that we hit that 5,500 milestone. And, you know, I don't know, we don't do this for anything other than hoping to um, stop the reproduction of racism. We don't do anything for clout. No, <laughs> no, we don't. But uh, do anything for clout. I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, somewhere along the way, this these episodes have been downloaded and listened to 6,000 times. I mean, I hope to think, you know, there's ripples that are happening and people are getting confident in, one, their own racial consciousness and racial identity. And then, you know, again, really understanding what each of us has a responsibility to do to stop the reproduction of racism in this country. And I do mean each. Each. Mm-hmm. I so like it. thank you to our listeners who we adore greatly um, for continuing to listen and share. And I will tell you, almost nothing made me happier other than seeing kids, again, increased number of kids in the building. But when I got on a Google Meet this week and saw somebody with a Deuces t-shirt on, Ooh, I did everything nice. I could to sustain my... Um, and I didn't say anything because I just didn't want to make oh, a big deal. I would have. I know you would have. You would have. I mean, you There are other people in the space. I just didn't want to get into it. But care. I... Was, I just loved everything about what That's I saw. That's cool, though. Um, Speaking of the du- the old Deuces t-shirt, we still have one to send out. It's coming. Don't worry. Um, and the other people that didn't DM us, you're not getting your shirt until you DM us. So. Okay. Yeah, we're getting serious. Yeah. No, I'm angry. Uh, I just finished a book just about before we started recording today, uh, Enrique's Journey. Mm-hmm. An amazing book about um, one young man's story from um, a Honduran young man who made the journey uh, atop freight trains to get to his mother who left Honduras um, to make a better living in America to send uh, money back to her kids. And this young man, Enrique, waited, I think it was 11 years after his mom left, but then just had to get to America, to the United States, to see his mom. And I was incredibly, I realized how really ignorant I was about when we talk about or when I hear stories of um, immigrants at the border, especially Mm -hmm. coming through Mexico. Um, Really, I did not understand the journey from Central America, you know, primarily Guatemala, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, um, as, as these young immigrants make their way atop these like treacherous freight. I mean, they are literally jumping on moving freight trains and riding through Mexico and the dangers and um, all to majority of them trying to get to a parent who made, who made their way to the United States. And, you know, I think the end of the book was really interesting because the author was talking about, you know, the author spent a lot of time um, on freight trains and she Mm -hmm. found Enrique and, you know, it's really a, it's a real person. Um, but she spent a lot of time with Enrique and his family and, um, but just under, she's understanding, um, and hoping that the listener will deeper understand, you know, 
the need to get at the um, root of what's happening, which is helping develop, um, you know, strong democracies and um, employment opportunities in Central American countries. And that not that is not the role that the United States has historically played in Central American comp- and countries. Um, and that building walls has actually not worked at the border, oh, just shocking. as That's, an FYI. I, I wouldn't have picked that. So um, but it just it, it just gave me a lot to think about, about who's in our schools, who's in our country, um, the humanity and the story behind um, some of the things we probably might see and think about people who are in our country illegally. So the book is called Enrique's Journey, if anybody's looking for a, a book recommendation from one of our favorite people. What? A book recommendation. Was that was from one of our favorite people? Absolutely, it sure was. Um, and then just before we move, two quick things about my week. I'm back, and you know, um, we're gearing up for a school year. And um, if nothing gives us more pod episodes, I don't know if anything does other than probably you know the start of a, just being in education. I mean, but right. um, I was just reminded, and I think it's probably connected to. I won't go too much into it because maybe it'll be connected to one of the episodes, but um, one of the past fifteen episodes. But you know. As a woman who identifies, you know, I'm a female, I identify she, her, prona, her, her, hers pronouns. And, you know, the intersectionality of my identity, yes, I have, you know, the privilege of being white, but at times um, my female identity puts me at a disadvantage in spaces with primarily um, a lot of men and um, white men. And I was just reminded again of the confidence <laughs> Um, an ease in which to me it appears as a woman, um, how easy it can be for, um, some mediocre, um, and maybe sometimes less than mediocre white men who just get to be kind of angry and rude and, and just kind of have some swagger that allows them to walk around, um, in a way that I just know if I said or did some things, I would have a real strong B word attached to my name. So I was reminded of that a little, I felt, I felt some of my female, um, identity str- strong in some spots this week. Oh, well, I thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I mean, well, that didn't get much of a reaction. Well, no, I mean, one, I think it goes back to, is the book just called Mediocre? Yeah. I was trying to think of the book title. Mm-hmm. So, um, it Obviously, it goes back to that book. And I think we, like you said, we could talk about this a thousand times on the podcast um, in education the mediocrity of white men and what impact that can have as a as a leader, either of color or that identifies as female. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, let's step into the wherever you want to. I want to step into the reflecting pond. All right, last week like too. Last week we talked about what do you want to watch. Yep, lots of lots of good conversation. Kind of a fun episode about shows that we have watched in our life that we're currently watching and. Uh, what you've been thinking about in the past week around what do you want to watch? Well, we're still watching All American. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had just an interesting conversation um, with someone who said that episode just made me think about what I watch. And I just said to that person, like, that's what it's all about. Like that literally, sometimes I just think it's not, it isn't more complicated than that sometimes in some of these pod episodes. And so as you're sitting down to pick a show to get find something on Netflix or whatever, you know, it's just like, what is your own awareness about the the narratives that are going to be shaped, who is represented in what you're watching? How does that, um, you know, build on or challenge what you typically think? And so I, I don't know, I just felt 
It was a lighthearted episode, really, um, but a good episode. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about what shows up in our recommendations column, um, row in Netflix. A lot Netflix. of murder. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> when I think about that, there's there's a lot in there. Um, you know, was it called, what was the one show, um, Love, Victor? Um, oh, yeah. So like show. Love, Victor, and then Atypical, All-American. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so those cross a lot of areas you know, there's, um, there's African-American story there. There's LGBTQ plus community. There's a young boy with autism. And when I, and then there's a lot of murder around things that you watch. Um, but then when I, uh, when I look at what's recommended, the genres that come up are also just something I think for people to reflect on. I mean, what it's just, I don't know. It's almost like your end of the year playlist on Spotify, like your top songs. It's like, what is, what shows up in there and how diverse and different are the recommendations. So both really good and bad, right? Because like, if you're a conscious person, you might stop and say, hey, what is coming up in the things that are recommended? And and as you mentioned, we kind of have a, you know, an intersectionality of things that we watch. But I wonder how that impacts other people who aren't really paying attention. And so you just turn on Netflix, and it's recommended to watch the all whitey whites. Mm -hmm. And like, so do you just keep Keep watching watching the whitey whites? Because the algorithm has told you to watch the whitey whites. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, really good if you're paying attention, really awful if you're not. Yeah, but our listeners are, so it's really good. True. Yeah. True story. Uh, And I think, yeah, around just reflection for me around what do you want to watch, I think uh, just went back to a little bit of the, which I think we're talking about, but just self-awareness and intentionality, but then also just letting yourself be able to watch something that's kind of mindless and fun. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't think we were saying in that episode, like, stop watching the, you know, right. crap. No, watch the crap. Just be aware of the crap you're watching. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? I think so. Absolutely. We're still watching Beverly Hills 90210. I so. mean, we are. And I'm going to do it again. We just... All right. So here we are at the content of today. We are. Which is Time Machine 3, which really takes us, Natasha, I think we started episode 31. So we're really talking about episodes 31 to 44, which probably doesn't mean anything to our listeners. But if you're scrolling through um, all the episodes, it goes back as far as Shut Up and Dribble, which was in mid-May around um, May 23rd. To be exact, May twenty third, shut up and dribble, and it took us really through the summer months. The fifteen episodes that took us across kind of the months of the summer. So uh, I think you know, I kind of like that, like that this time machine is like, here's what happened over your summer, mm-hmm. it's like our summer recap on Labor Day weekend. What are the odds? I mean, huh. just I mean, we didn't I even just. We, I mean, I mean, we're just that good. It's Natasha. amazing. It is amazing. Okay, so how we typically we don't have a lot of structure always for these ever <laughs> ever <laughs> ever. Um, but we typically kind of say as we look back over those fifteen, um, are there any that really stand out um, as ones that you really felt like, oh, that really left an impact on me, and you might see it play out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just kind of start there as you look back, what jumps out. Um, and, you know, the impact of some of those that maybe stand out more. Ooh, so we're going right to know thy impact, huh? Mm-hmm, a little bit. Um, I'm going to say, oddly, um, the results are in. Mm, um, a recent one. A recent one. And here's why I say that, because we talk about a lot of things. We, you and I, have a lot of conversations just about race and about things all the time. And the census was just something I never thought about. Like, I just wasn't... It, 
it wasn't in my consciousness or wasn't something that I, yeah, I filled it out. Yes, I paid attention. I understand what a census does. But something about that episode just reminded me how, one, we were always learning. So I learned a lot in reflecting on that episode. And two, like how how systemic the concept of race is in this country and in this world and our policies and our practices. And like, I need to keep my eyes open. And at the same time, keeping your eyes open can be really fucking exhausting. So that's that's kind of why that one results I mean, in those And highlights. that census, I mean, it, it made me really think about truly the vast diversity of this country and how the government is, at least this time around, really honored and affirmed those identities through the questions on the census. And it made me, you know, I was in a good conversation with my mom about it and just thinking 10 years from now, you know, it's not going to be 2050, but it's, you know, only going to be 2031. And, you know, I mean, just what, what it's going to look like in this country and where, I mean, and that concept, if, if nothing else came out of that episode, the, the, um, the term white alones. Oh yeah. White alone's my fave term of all time. Um, but just where in what parts of the country will continue to be predominantly white alone and, um, just how, um, I don't know. I, I think there's just a, there was a lot in that episode, too. And speaking of that episode, um, Special Friend of the Pod tweeted um, to us um, about a really good article, um, kind of graphic about Minnesota and the white alones and the impact of that. So if you follow us on the twits, you can find that. Uh, what did it say? I didn't see it. I can't remember all of it now, and so don't put me on the spot. I won't. I'm feeling, okay. I'm getting sweaty. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, usually I'm the one that reads those, and then I'll be able to. I'm typically the one that remembers. Yeah, so. I don't remember the deeds. Yeah. So, okay, look for that. All right, what's your what's your highlight episode or the one that stood out for yeah, you? Yeah, I have two, but I'll start with one and then go back to you. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like picking your favorite child, right? Like there really is no favorite. Can I just preface that? Because they're like our really? babies. They're all good they episodes. Are. They're all really good, but some of them just, you know, like children kind of suck. <laughs> God, I can't. Oh I'm my joking. gosh, do you wish you hadn't said that? Not really, but keep okay. going. <laughs> um, well, my, my, my eyes uh, scanning Let's those 15. the glory of the coming of the Lord. Stopped right at racial identity. Yep. And you knew it, didn't you? No, I, I mean, because that was... Yes, and I would have said the same thing, too, if I didn't say the other one. I think that, you know, that racial identity episode was based on chapter one of the Racial Healing Handbook, which is, yep. I think, what is your racial identity? And um, I just the profound impact, I, th- I think that had such a profound impact on me as a learner. And mm-hmm. I think I'm, even I am always looking for things that I can do and what I can do better. And when we know more, you know, we do better and we hope. Um, we hope. And I just think that episode is something that everyone can do. All people of all races can really understand their racial identity. And I think that's one of the first books I've read where it was here's the questions in the same chapter for white people, and here's the question in the same chapter for people of color. And I think not because I don't think white people have a larger responsibility to mm-hmm. move, um, you know, to stop the reproduction of racism. I do. I think it sits with the whitey whites. Um, but I also just think, you know, I thought it was so powerful listening to you talk about your um, formative years and the impact that your racial identity had on the, your lived experiences. So I think that's one book that 
I think we talk about at times like unity and community and seeing each other. Um, and it's one of the first times where I've really felt like I had questions to ask you that mm-hmm. even slowed you down for a minute. And it wasn't just like about racism, but it was about right. how you kind of move through the world um, in your in your racial identity. So I I love that episode and that conversation and that book a lot. I did too. And two things um, that came from that. One, quite a few of our pod listeners I saw um, purchase that book. So I think that's really cool to just see because I think one of the things leading up to that episode was like people were asking for some tangible things like what can I do to continue to do the work? And that is something that you can do to explore your own um, you know, racial journey and, and self-awareness. So I thought that was really cool. And one of my other favorite phrases is non-judgmental curiosity. Mm-hmm. And that came from that episode and just this whole idea of being curious, asking questions to people who look different than you, who have had different experiences than you, but not in a way to judge, but in a way to to really learn. Thank you for saying that. And You're I welcome. it reminded me of uh, somebody this week was going to go into uh, a tough conversation and said, you know, I'm going to enter... And I, I'm going to enter that conversation and I'm going to be curious. And I was like, hmm. yeah, you know, just the framing of that and thinking like, how did that frame the way that person showed up in that space and what does that look like? And I thought that was just a really powerful thing. Like at times when you know you're going to go into a space and probably be met with people with very different views or values or beliefs, um, but to but to have that mindset Um, And, you know, this person said it's almost like a way of Mm. self-protection that allows me to go into that space and reminds me, you know, I'm going to go in and and I'm going to be curious. But I really like that. I know. Like I just, that phrase just kind of struck me and I was like, huh, I got to do something next week. And I'm like, I'm going to go into that with a little bit of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay, what else? What, What comes up next for you? As a highlight or a... You go, whatever, wherever you want to take it. Well, I'm going to take it to like, not a low light, but like something I just wish we would have done a little better. All of them. So I'm going to start with episode one. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, Back in the intro. No, and I think with any episode, you know, we get done with a pod, we listen to it at, to Sunday Takeout and we talk about it and I'm always like, oh, you know, like I wish I would have said that or we could have gone here with the conversation. And that's fine. Like that's part of an actual authentic conversation. Um, But I was thinking back to the episode on black women Mm. and I just feel like, like, I don't know, like we fell short on that one. And part of it, I believe was because I told you and I reflected afterwards on like, I didn't feel connected to that one for whatever. And I think perhaps that's, that led to now what I feel is like there just so much more can be said about black women. When I look about this country around the history of this country, um, black women that are doing work, um, being activists, um, you know, just, I don't know. I wish we would have done more and I don't know specifically what that would have been. But for me, that's an episode that's resonating. I was like, my hope is somehow we come back to not necessarily a black women topic, but something that kind of elevates that a little bit. You know what's in? I was pausing that my purposeful pause for a minute because as pause as you were talking, I think I was thinking back to what I felt like during that episode, and I think I felt somewhat inadequate because because you're not a black woman, right? And so, like, really, what was my place in that episode? Hmm. And like, 
how did I show up in it? You know, like, I don't feel like I'm the person to speak about black women. I, I can speak again, anything through my lens of, you know, my racial identity and my experience of how I see them portrayed and how I hear people speak of them and the tropes about black women. Sure. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I was, if you, if I probably went back, I was probably a little uncomfortable having an authentic podcast episode with you, a black woman about black women. Um, so yeah, I can kind of see that maybe. Yeah, and and I think it and, wasn't bad. It just no. it just pushed. I think there was something that you know I felt. Out well, of that do you one. know what too? You know what created that episode was Simone Biles. Like it came Simone from Biles. Simone yep. Biles, right? Yep. And so I wonder too. Like you know, okay. Note to listeners, in case you're wondering, let us just reaffirm that we do very little to almost zero preparation for these. Podcasts. Certainly, we certainly do. So I think sometimes. They they end up being a little all over the place at times shit, because yeah. we have no shit script. Jabbering. Yeah, shit jabbering. We have no script. We have a very loose outline, and we do that really intentionally because mm-hmm. we believe it leads to the authentic the authenticity of the conversation. And like sometimes I think topics can get kind of messy because what started yeah. with Simone Biles, I don't know. Like it, it got to black women, but I think it it could have just been the design of like. It could have been, and it's a little bit like uh, vague generalities. Mm-hmm. Now, I, okay. I I term that our um, jet lag episode. Yeah, it was not our best work. We, we should have had a week off. Yeah, I, so I just skipped right after that. That was right after we got back from Hawaii, and um, we were effing tired trying to do that episode. So there's another one I think that um, probably lacked maybe some clarity um, a little bit. Again, not bad, just one of those things where I think. You know, maybe not our best. I mean, we could, I could barely function. I mean, you were real tired. It was real bad. It was real bad. Although I will say about vague generalities, you know, I, I am, which is probably connected to what we see and what we say, because I think vague generalities to me is what we hear. The subtitle of vague generalities Mm -hmm. to me would be what we hear or maybe even what we read. But I think really for me, it's about what we hear and where we hear people with a lot of conviction about real blabbing, like things that actually don't have any merit behind them, but the power and the force and the way in which they use big words and drop them into conversations. Drop it like it's hot. Right. And then we hear those things and we think there must be truth in, in those in those conversations when there's really nothing specific to back that up. I mean, again, critical race theory, it's all over. It's in school board meetings. You hear people yammering about it, but no one actually says what it is and no, where it no started. No one knows what it is. Right. And that it was explicitly, and it is explicitly taught in law school. Like right. yeah. that's the only place they're explicitly taught, like, teaching about critical race theory um, because it pertains to all the laws that lead to systemic racism. Thank you. So I think that, that concept of vague generalities, absolutely. Um, I think when I see it, there's a subtitle of what we hear. Yeah. Did you have any episodes that didn't sit well in your bones? In my bones? Um, you know, it's hard to go back. I think probably uh, race and social media. Oh. You know, I think I probably, I think I fell short in that episode. Um, and I'll tell you, I'm going to be a little vulnerable. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, I like the vulnerability train. I think sometimes... So I think social media as a white person can be really complicated because you mentioned black Twitter. And Mm -hmm. when I see black people on Twitter, 
like really speaking out against racism in this country and um, educate like some of the things that black people can put in a tweet about the school districts in which sure. they work, education, like it, it's almost sometimes shocking to me. And I think at times when I have mentioned even like white people and privilege, <laughs> yes, like I've been talked to in a way um, that has begun to silence me and cause fear um, that I may get in trouble. And, you know, I, I am, a, I'm totally, I say this and I'm totally aware of my self as a leader and what my responsibility is. And I understand working in a system and who my employer is. And I, I totally get all that. Um, it's a really complicated topic for me that I would sure. actually love to be like a hundred percent fully honest about. And I don't feel like I can get there on this podcast um, and around the topic of race and social media. And so I think I tried to do that episode, but I just, I think it fell short for me because I couldn't be honest about what I see as two different, it, it, I don't know if I'm communicating. No, I think it's, I think it's a hundred percent true. I do think that, you know, in some instances there is more, I don't want to say leeway, right? But more freedom for people of color to to speak openly about race on social media. And I think it goes back to the episode, oddly enough, Silenced, where it's like, I do think that there are places where white people are being kept silent. Because if white people get on board, well, then the whole shit train is going off the tracks. So it's like, so black people can continue to tweet about race or put on Insta about race. But the minute that white people do it, like it's disrupting the equilibrium of the system. And so like, I do think people are going to put it in check. I, I just do. So I don't, I mean, I don't know what that feels like. I don't, you know, I don't have that perspective, but I, I wonder if that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, so I think that was a hard um, that was a hard episode because I think, you know, it's like my honest thing would be like, I, <laughs> there's a fear of being oppressed and silenced as a white person. And I'm looking across the table at a black woman who's like, really whitey white? Are you like afraid yeah, of oppression? Sorry for you. Yeah, I'm really, no, I feel I'm real kidding. sorry. You know, I feel real sorry for you. Um, and, you know, I still would like to remain employed and, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I would like you to remain employed as so, well. So I think that is when uh, maybe that. But social media is sticky. Like it's not. It is. I it, I don't know. It's just a breeding ground for like a lot of intense emotional exchanges that don't always have the intended impact at the end. Yeah. So, I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Do you have any other episodes well, that have No, I think short? that's the one I would have wanted to specifically talk about you. Okay. What's one that you wish we could have just kept going and going or you'd like a I heard you say something about maybe something connected to different a continuation potentially of black women, but any others where you really felt like there's two. Oh. Um, I loved sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. There's just something about like that concept of like getting away from race being like this big gigantic thing, right? And insurmountable. And for hundreds of years we haven't been able to solve the issue. So why would we now when you can turn around and turn inward and say like yeah, but I have a sphere of influence. Like I have these people that are around me that I can get my people and I can continue to do the work. And it isn't about like dismantling the whole system because I alone cannot do that, but I can in the spaces that I'm in. So I just like that episode for me, maybe more that's just like an episode I loved 
as opposed to like, do we need to continue that conversation? No, but I do hope that um, it's something that listeners come back to and say like, when you're feeling like, what can I do? Or I don't know, or I don't get it, that they keep coming back to like, sit in your sphere of influence. Like who are the people around you? Where are you? What are you watching? Where are you, you know, buying things? Like those are all parts of your sphere of influence. And so for me, that, 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 that's one of my two. I had a star. We don't see each other's lists. We're sitting across, you know, with lists in front of us and we don't see each other, but I had a star by uh, sphere of influence as well. And, you know, my little note next to it was just, you know, the sphere of influence is every day. You know, I mean, it's the every day. It's not, it's what you do and it's who you are. You know, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, you don't, it's how you walk through the world, who Absolutely. you interact with. And I think, you know, I hold a belief that each of us is a leader. Each of us is a steward of equity and each of us has influence, you know, either positive or negative. And that doesn't require a podcast, you know, Absolutely. that requires an interruption in a conversation that requires, you know, um, an exploration, a self-exploration of yourself and why you're, why you're feeling that way. Um, and so I, I too really love like, you know, anytime you're in a space with more than yourself, you have a sphere to influence. And, um, you know, again, I think it's not, you know, I think for people that are not comfortable doing that, they don't, you know, you're, maybe you're not going to do it with 15 people in the room, but you sure. might do it, you know, and again, it starts, I have so much admiration for one of the listeners who's just doing it in her house, practicing mm-hmm. and role modeling conversations um, or role playing conversations. Um, and you role know, modeling. Yeah. And role modeling, but you know, role playing conversations, like you got to start and you got to start with your words. You got to start hearing it. You got to start seeing it. And then you got to start saying something. And so, um, I, I too appreciated that episode. And when you also say though, like your sphere of influence, you said, you know, like doesn't have to be 15 people, you know, whatever. I think your sphere of influence is yourself too. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's starting to challenge your own beliefs, your own biases, your own narratives. Like that's part of the severe sphere. And that's part of what, what you said earlier about the ripple. Like that's the first, you got to start with yourself before Mm -hmm. you start with anyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what's another one? What's an episode for you that you'd like to. Well, I think one that I think pushes, I hope, um, so, you know, you hear me say this a lot, listeners, about being white and how I think I'm so different because I I often, majority of conversations over the course of my life, when I'm in conversations with white people about race, I feel like an outsider because I have rarely come across white people who um, really will say, like, I do think that way when I see a group of people. I I have thoughts that I'm not proud of. Like, I know what I, I know some of the thoughts in my head are like not, they're not good. They're white supremacist thoughts that have been developed over time living in a white supremacist culture. Um, and so I think the episodes of what, of the episode of what we see, which to me is visual judgments, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's, for me, it's really a, a question. I don't put our white listeners on blast very often. (laughs) You don't? Well, I don't know, but not enough is what uh, you're saying. I mean, I think, you know, our white listeners really being honest with ourselves about, you know, what, if you truly described how you feel when you see 
you know, that group of young black boys walking at you across the street. Um, one, if you don't even have that experience, what experiences are you putting yourself around? Sure. And and also if you're not, what do you truly hold in your head and believe? And again, I think it's just amazing to me that so many white people will just say like, I think it's fine. I just, <laughs> I feel so fine about that. Yeah, of course you do. Um, And so I think that, I think that's one that is just a hard episode for me because I feel lonely in that conversation because I do feel like, um, you know, I grew up in a total homogeneous environment that I know a lot of white people that I know did. And yet I'm the one that's like, yeah, I have these thoughts about, you know, how I learned what I initially thought over time about rap music. I've changed how I feel about that, but I know how I felt at one time mm-hmm. about it. And and I still sometimes don't know how I feel about it. And um, instead of just like, I think all music is great, you know, like, um, so I think what we see um, is one about, you know, being honest. And, you know, I, I am a true believer in you no, like my first thought is not my last thought, but yep. I'm, I have a really high self-awareness of what my first thought is. And I don't know what's wrong with being able to say that. And yeah, there's I, something wrong with being able to say it. Cause I think people are going to, don't want to be called it. a racist. And I don't think I'm a racist, but again, I grew up in, you know, white supremacy. I mean, that that's the culture in which I grew up in. That's the ideology that was infused in me. That's has shaped the images that are in my head. They've lessened for sure. The, right. the more, um, I would say, um, conscious I've gotten, but they're there. And I just think, um, you know, I don't know. It's a lonely place to be when I talk about what I see in my head. I mean, I don't talk about that very often, but when I'm in conversations about race as a white person, it's often a lonely place to be. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I can imagine it would be. And I think like, yeah, what you said about, um, you know, being able to talk about those thoughts or being able to, you know, just say like, yeah, when I see this or sorry, when I hear this, this is what I think. But, um, and so I do think there, there shouldn't be fear of saying, yeah, like when I see, when I listen, when I hear that rap music, I think all of these thoughts in my head and yeah, it's my first thought, but I'm working to disrupt it. So it's not my last thought. And so, someone this week, very profound, said to me... Another wise person? You met a lot of wise I people I did meet week. a lot of wise people this week. I mean, I am around some of the most amazing people throughout my week. You're welcome. And um, one of them said, just so matter-of-factly, in a conversation, you know, you know, human beings just are really uncomfortable. They don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They do anything they can to get away from being uncomfortable. This was not a white person who who said this, but, you know, they they said just the more we can be okay with what it feels like to be uncomfortable and expect like to expect to be like, it's an Mm -hmm. expectation that we should be instead of we're trying everything we can to not be. And I was like, yeah, that like I go through a lot of places in my day with a, with kind of a sense of nervousness. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm trapped. I have trepidation about the spaces I'm going to go into because of what I'm going to encounter. And um, so I think, you know, that being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, again, if you can get to the end of the week and you can't think back on one thing or place you were that you really felt kind of uncomfortable as a white person. Thank you, privilege. Thank you, privilege. Um, Can I just, uh, but one, I appreciated that, but I, you know, I know that we, we like to cut these off at some point. Um, But I do want to say another 
set of episodes I really just loved was listener mm-hmm. questions. Um, and I think it was just because it was different for us. It was um, conversations or topics that other people brought that we got to like step back and ponder and think about and just, you know, have conversations about. And I know that, and I said, and I think the second one that I wonder what my answers would be a little bit later. Um, you know, if we were to do another time machine, what would my answers be? And I just like, I really loved those questions coming from listeners and being able to talk about them. And I felt like that was just, we often have a conversation with each other. And that for me, those two episodes were conversations with our listeners. Oh, I like it. That's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice so though. here we are, end of Time Machine 3. We look forward to the time machine. to the next 15 episodes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, and lots and lots more downloads along the way. So we wouldn't be um, in any time machine without our listeners. So we have the most admiration and respect for those of you who find um, us each week, wherever you listen to your podcast, and you continue to share and show up. There's nothing that we think is more impressive than people who show up. Absolutely. Deuces. Yeah, I'd like to lock that in a time machine.